0: Infants calling Kolob. Come in, Kolob. Infants calling Kolob. Come in, Kolob. This is Kolob. What, what is wanted? Infants, having been curious and playfully engaged in all things, desire further whatever you got for me by revisiting some of my favorite minisodes and Something Something About a Veil. Keep on listening, then. And your request shall be granted,
1: granted. All
0: for the greater good. It's all about the greater, good. the greater good. Uh, behold! The Lord said to the Mormon prophet Joseph Smith, You shall not have sex with that infant! Lo, Joseph said, Why not, Lord? Oh, Why not? The Lord said, If you lay with that infant, you shall. <laughs> Burn in the fiery bits of Mordor. Really? Uh-huh. uh-huh. You're making things up again, Arnold. You're recklessly warping the words of Jesus. You can't just say what you want, Arnold. Come on, Hobbit! You're yourself a deep hole. Things up again, kind of. But this time it's helping a dozen people. It's nothing so bad because this time I'm not committing a sin just by making things up again, (laughs) right? This is Infants on Thrones. Mini Sound. Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. I'm Glenn Ostlund, and today I want to read from a blog that my wife found and sent to me and said, Glenn, maybe you could use this for something. Thanks, babe. Welcome. Because <laughs> I am going to use it for something. I'm going to use it for this. So put on your best Elder Cunningham glasses, because this is going to get a little loopy. <coughs> and uh, just in case it wasn't clear from that intro, the minisode you're about to hear is pretty much 100%... Word for word from a blog that was written by an active member of the church connecting the doctrinal dots between gospel truths and Lord of the Rings. Seriously, I'm not making this up. What you're about to hear comes from a real blog. Take a listen. When people ask me why I like Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, I stop, I think it over, and then eloquently reply, because they're awesome. Yes, it's true. Tolkien's work is called epic fantasy for a good reason. And what makes the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit even more epic is how many of the quotes from the movies are actually very similar to scriptures. Sometimes the similarity between the Tolkien quotes and the scriptures is in the wording, and other times it's just in the concept. But either way, many of these quotes and scriptures teach powerful and awesome messages about life the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Rings. Evil does not share power. Let's start with some Lord of the Ring quotes. Saruman, the White Wizard, betrays Gandalf and joins with the evil Sauron. But Gandalf tells him that, There is only one Lord of the Ring, and only one who can bend it to his will, and he does not share power. Sauron is similar to Satan And Saruman is like the one who Has strayed towards temptation and evil But Satan, like Sauron Does not share power with his followers This is spoken of in Alma 3060 quote, And thus we see that the devil Will not support his children at the last day But doth speedily drag them down to <clears throat> Hell End quote. Our parents' errors are not our own Aragorn's ancestor, Isildur, was supposed to destroy the ring, but instead, its power overcame him and tried to use it for his own purposes. Aragorn fears he will make the same mistake because the same blood flows through my veins, the same weakness. However, Arwen has told him, Why do you fear the past? You are Isildur's heir, not Isildur himself. You are not bound to its fate. Sound familiar? It should, because Article of Faith 1, 2 reads, We believe that men will be punished for their own sins and not for Adam's transgression. We aren't responsible for Adam's sins, just like Aragorn isn't responsible for Isildur's Death in Judgment. Gandalf and Frodo are speaking of the creature Gollum. Frodo says, It's a pity Bilbo didn't kill him when he had the chance. But Gandalf responds, Pity? It was pity that stayed Bilbo's hand. Many that live deserve death. Some that die deserve life. Can you give it to them, Frodo? Do not be too eager to deal out death in judgment. Even the very wise cannot see all ends. "'My heart tells me that Gollum has some part to play yet "'for good or ill before this is over. "'The pity of Bilbo may rule the fate of many.'" The themes of this quote deal with mercy and judgment. It reminds me of Alma 41.14, which reads, "'Therefore, my son, see that you are merciful unto your brethren, "'deal justly, judge righteously, and do good continually.'" Bilbo pitied Gollum and had mercy in sparing his life. Gandalf advises Frodo that he cannot judge Gollum harshly because he does not have the authority to judge him, purpose in all things. At one point in their journey, Frodo says, "'I wish the Ring of Power had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened.' And Gandalf responds, "'So do all who live to see such times.'" But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. There are other forces at work in this world, Frodo, besides the will of evil. Bilbo was meant to find the ring, in which case you were also meant to have it. And that is an encouraging thought. This Is a powerful quote, showing that we're all supposed to be here at this place and at this time for a reason. Or, as Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, to everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under heaven. This quote also speaks of the importance of the choices we make. We know that we have our agency and are free to choose, 2 Nephi 2.27. And it's our choices that affect our lives and who we are. Accepting the Challenge At the Council of Elrond, Frodo makes a choice to go on a dangerous journey and says, I will take it. I will take the ring to Mordor. Remind you of anyone? Think Nephi, or specifically 1 Nephi 3.7, when he too must face the difficult journey to Jerusalem, but says, I will go and do the things which the Lord had commanded. Both Frodo and Nephi chose to go on a journey to a dangerous land. They could have decided to not take the risks and stay where they were safe, but instead they made a willing sacrifice for the the greater good. You shall not pass! Who can forget this epic moment when the wizard Gandalf raises his staff and roars at the Balrog, You shall not pass! (sighs) So with all of the, and it came to pass, scriptures, is there one that says, You shall not pass? Actually, there is. DNC 4523 says, And in this ye say truly, for so it is, but these things which I have told you shall not pass away until all shall be fulfilled, emphasis added. Surprisingly, this scripture coincides with the moment in the film because Gandalf falls away, supposedly to his death, but he returns to finish his work because it is not yet fulfilled, as the scriptures say. However, there is another moment in the scriptures that reminds me of Gandalf's confrontation with the Balrog. It's in the Pearl of Great Price when Moses is confronted with Satan. Just like Gandalf yelled, You shall not pass at the Balrog, Moses says, Get thee hence, Satan, and commands, Depart from me, Satan, in the name of God. Moses 1, 16-21 Weak things overcome the mighty. Galadriel puts her faith in Frodo when she says, Even the smallest person can change the course of the future. Earlier in the film, she also states, For the time will soon come when hobbits will shape the fortunes of all. This is similar to 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven, which reads, God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Hobbits are the smallest, most harmless creatures of Middle-earth, but they are the ones whose choices and actions affect the world. Now let's look at the Lord of the Rings: the Two Towers. Never lose hope. Despite the hopelessness of the circumstances, Arwen tells her father, Elrond, that there is still hope. In fact, several of the characters state this throughout the Lord of the Rings movies, even in the face of bleak or impossible situations. No matter what, they hold on to hope. There are several scriptures that teach us the importance of keeping hope in our lives. Ether 12.4 reads, "'Wherefore, whoso believeth in God might with surety hope for a better world, yea, even a place at the right hand of God.'" Which hope cometh of faith, maketh an anchor to the souls of men, which would make them sure and steadfast, always abounding in good works, being led to glorify God. The scripture 2 Nephi 31.20 also teaches us to have hope, saying, Ye must press forward with the steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope, and a love of God in all men. End quote. Additionally Romans 8:24 says that we are saved by hope." End quote. Let there be light. Gandalf tells Aragorn, "Look to my coming on the first light of the fifth day, at dawn, look to the east." On that day, Gandalf appears with the army of Rohan and they charge down the hill. As they make their attack, the sunlight blinds the Urukai army that they fight against. Light is a common theme spoken of in the Lord of the Rings movies. Evil seems to spring up from darkness and shadow while goodness and light are often paired together. Frodo's sword lights up as a warning when orcs are near beacons are lit as the message of help and Galadriel gives Frodo the light of Erendil our most beloved star may it be a light for you in dark places when all other lights go out and he does use it as a light switching it on by chanting what is basically the elvish equivalent to let there be light Genesis 1-3 light and dark good and evil, it all just shows the opposition in all things. The scriptures teach of light, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. John 8.12. Alma 26.15 also teaches of the evil of darkness, saying, They were encircled about with everlasting darkness and destruction, but behold, he has brought them into his everlasting light, yea, into everlasting salvation. End quote. It's worth fighting for. Sam gives Frodo some inspiration in a dark moment. He speaks of great stories and how even though the heroes struggled and could have turned back, they didn't. They just kept going because they were holding on to something. Frodo feels hopeless and asks, what are we holding on to, Sam? And Sam says, there's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for, end quote. This quote reminds me of the title of liberty that Captain Moroni made in a time of war. The title of liberty said, in memory of our God, our religion and freedom, and our peace, our wives and children, Alma 46.12. I feel this scripture is similar to the quote because it shows the good things in the world that we hold on to, and we fight for them too. Now Let's look at the Lord of the Rings, the return of the king. Fear not death. Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli seek the oath breakers and approach the entrance of a cave labeled with a warning. They're walking into certain death, but Aragorn says, I do not fear death and strides on in. Aragorn wasn't the only one who didn't fear death. Helaman's 2,000 stripling warriors didn't fear death either. Now they never had fought, yet they did not fear death, and they did not think more upon the liberty of their fathers than they did upon their lives. Yea, they had been taught by their mothers that if they did not doubt... God would deliver them. Alma 56:47. Uh. Hearts of men. The hearts of men are about to battle against all the forces of evil that lie in Mordor. Aragorn rallies his troops saying, A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. The scriptures also speak of a day when men's courage fails. D&C 4526 reads, And in that day, dot, 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 the whole earth shall be in commotion, and men's hearts shall fail them. End quote. But as Aragorn says, It is not this day. Now let's look at the Hobbit, an unexpected journey. Small and simple things. And now on to some Hobbit quotes. Galadriel asks Gandalf why he brought Bilbo Baggins, a small hobbit, on a dangerous journey. Gandalf tells her, "'Saruman believes it is only great power that can hold evil in check. But that is not what I have found. I found it is the small, everyday deeds of ordinary folk that keep the darkness at bay, small acts of kindness and love. Why, Bilbo Baggins?' Perhaps it's because I'm afraid, and he gives me courage. This quote is almost a dead ringer for Alma 37.6, which reads, But behold, I say unto you, that by small and simple things are great things brought to pass, and small means, in many instances, doth confound the wise. End quote. A willing heart. Balin and Thorin speak, and Balin points out how the odds are against their small company of dwarves, the only ones willing to take on a very big, almost impossible quest. Thorin says, I will take each and every one of these dwarves over an army from the Iron Hills, for when I call upon them, they answered, Loyalty, honor, a willing heart, I can ask no more than that. End quote. When Thorin speaks of how he called on the dwarves, it reminded me of DNC 12140. Many are called, but few were chosen. Though in this case, it would be more like, many are called, but few responded. (laughs) However, this quote is also similar to DNC 6434, which reads, the Lord required the heart and a willing mind. The height of his stature. It's safe to say in the beginning of this movie, Thorin judged Bilbo on his size doesn't sound like much coming from a dwarf but he judged anyway believing bilbo was not meant for his dangerous journey however by the end of the movie thorin has a change of heart and tells bilbo did i not say that you would be a burden that you would not survive in the wild and that you have no place amongst us never have i been so wrong in all my life Thorn wasn't the only one judging people by their size. (laughs) The prophet Samuel did until 1 Samuel 16, 7, when God told him, Look not unto his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And the Lord was talking about David, who would one day be king. Sort of like Thorin became king, y'all. Now let's look at The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, overcoming evil. Tariel encourages Legolas to help her fight against evil. Legolas says, it's not our fight. But Tariel responds, it is our fight. It will not end here. With every victory, this evil will grow. If your father has his way, we will do nothing. We will hide within our walls, live our lives away in the light, and let darkness descend. Are we not part of this world? Tell me, Melon. when did we let evil become stronger than us? Tariel feels overcome by the evil around her, but as Romans 12.21 says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. She recognized that she needed to fight for good. There we have it. Of course, there's so many more amazing Lord of the Rings and Hobbit quotes and even more amazing scriptures. And who knows how many more amazing new quotes similar to scripture we will find in The Hobbit, The Battle of Five Armies. Hi, I'm Abby Thorne. I graduated from Utah Valley University with a bachelor's degree in English and an emphasis in writing studies. I enjoy reading, writing, baking good food, and eating it too. You know, I laugh at this kind of stuff mainly because it's so familiar to me. Because I, too, used to find deep meaning and significance in connecting these thematic dots and using inspirational fictional grandeur to validate the values that I held to be so precious and true in my life. And to be honest, I still think that these values are... You know, mostly pretty good, you know, top-notch, boss gear, and really first-rate. But here's what's happened, and I'm sure this happened to many of you listeners uh, as well. One day, I just realized that, um, you know, if I can find inspiration in these values and themes that come from an obvious, self-aware work of fiction, then why do comparing those same values or similar values, because let's not forget the gymnastical stretches that we do sometimes to make these things fit. But why does this mean that the scriptures have to be true? I mean, if Tolkien can recognize these cultural values and put them into his narrative, then couldn't Joseph Smith have done the same thing with the Book of Mormon or any of the other scriptures that he came up with? Because these parallels and connections They don't really mean what I used to think they meant. They just mean that all of these values and connections are values and connections. And they appear in man-made fiction throughout time, all over the world. And one day I just realized that the -the connect-the-dot game that I used to play, while it seemed like such a bulletproof validation of God's messages to me through scriptures, well, it suddenly became one of the biggest indications of human creation. It's what I called the fingerprints of humanity, the fingerprints of human creation that really makes up the culture all around us. And that's when I started seeing Mormonism as a product of that culture and human creation. But, I mean, come on that doesn't mean you've got to throw it all away, right? You know, you can still hold on to the values that appear to be important enough throughout history and time to get reproduced over and over again in all these different man-made works of art. Because, you know, maybe it's kind of like we're all like Frodo, taking the ring or the church, right, to throw it into the Mount Doom and destroy it forever. But let's not forget that we all have with us a little golem who can say trixty says, No, don't throw away precious. <laughs> and then he bites off a few of our fingers to keep us from making a huge, huge mistake. And then Gollum is like Jesus who sacrifices himself for us so that we can live, even if a few fingers short, and have the eagles of the priesthood come in and save us and take us to the healing beds of Rivendell and reunite us with our eternal families. Because when you really look at it through nerd glasses... From Middle-earth to the end of days, it's all good, man. And it's all true, even the stuff that's not. And these things I say in the name of, I don't know, Galadriel? Amen. Amen. This is Trent dwelling in the land of Mordor between two temples. You can comment on this episode on the website infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer? Thank you for listening to Intense on Thrones. Intense on Thrones.